Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, great to have you back for another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, Today, Melinda and I are just going to have a bit of a chat about um, preparing your property, whether it's a investment property or your own property for the upcoming um, summer and um, storm seasons. Yeah, Brisbane's recently been hammered by some um, severe storms that have come through. If you haven't already seen it on the news, I'm sure most of you have. There's been flash flooding, there's been hail, there's been a lot of very strong winds. And I think it's important and relevant for property owners to be aware of some of the things that can impact a property and things that you can do to prevent potential damage occurring during this uh, this type of weather. Yeah, it's not only damage to your property, but also the safety and everything of people uh, around the area. So um, the main reason we're sort of touching on this, obviously, in Brisbane is a um, little bit more subclimate sort of weather, and we do have the storms um, over the summer summer period. So what's the, uh, what's the weather forecast, if we like, uh, Melinda, to start with? I know I'm not really a weather forecaster, but something that has been um, coming through in the news uh, from the Bureau of Meteorology is that this summer for the east coast of Australia, we're moving into a La Nina event. So what that means is that there's going to be warmer ocean conditions, which brings wet conditions to the eastern Australian states, and that definitely includes Brisbane. What we know also is that the last La Nina event that we had were in the summers of 2010 to 2011, and also 2011 to 2012. Now, this resulted in the two-year period being Australia's wettest period on record, believe it or not. If you haven't already tracked back and listened to our episode on floods, it also um, reminds us that flooding can be widespread and devastating during these types of significant weather events. So, you know, if you remember back in 2011, large parts of Southeast Queensland were actually underwater. So it's something to be aware of. And when we see these types of predictions, I know, you know, we get a little bit nervous about, you know, how severe it's going to be. And um, we always like to ensure that we are prepared for the worst. Right. So thanks for that weather report. That's fantastic. You're welcome. (laughs) Less data than normal. Now I'm going to go into (laughs) weather forecasting. (laughs) So um, look, obviously, as Melinda said, that previous episode that we talked about flooding, we've also had episodes where we talked about overlays with in flood areas. Brisbane is a river city and it is known as the river city. Um, so obviously there's there's areas of things like flooding, creek flooding, um, overland flow. Yeah, overland flow is probably the big one. Um, and in the big heavy storms that we've had most recently in Brisbane, it's the one that people need to be most aware of. Obviously creek flooding as well, that can happen very quickly during heavy rain events. But overland flow, it's one that typically a lot of people don't think to check. It's when water runs from its highest point to its lowest point across the ground. There's many properties in Brisbane that fall within an overland flow path. So if that's not something that you're doing before you purchase as part of your due diligence, I do suggest you find out how. And there's council mapping that you can use, even running those floodwise reports that we've talked about in our flood episode, that will help you to understand whether a property is impacted by overland flow. So something to be aware of, especially when flash flooding can occur so quickly. So if we jump onto the um, to the property itself now and we start to prepare for the upcoming seasons, um, whether it's your property manager or if it's your house or if you're nearby, 
you need to do some inspections and get everything ready for the upcoming uh, season. So if we start on the outside of the property, a good idea is to check the trees. Have a look around, see what surrounding trees there are, any loose branches, any dead branches, uh, see anything that's overhanging the house um, and any opportunity because the ground is so dry and has been so dry when we do get a lot of moisture and a lot of rain it all becomes very soft underneath and that uh, undermines the roots of the trees um, with heavy winds trees have the potential to be falling and uh, falling onto property and causing a lot of damage yeah i was just on a, an early morning run this morning and after some big storms that came through brisbane yesterday um we, I saw some uprooted trees that had fallen into fencing and things. It wasn't in a residential area. It was in a parkland area, but it can just as easily happen in residential areas. So be aware if your property is in the line of um, any large trees. The other thing to be aware of, as Scott mentioned, is those branches that can fall and cause damage on a home. So make sure that you are trimming trees. Um, if you are a landlord and you uh, are relying on a property manager, it might just be a good idea to touch base with them and ask them if any maintenance in preparation for the storm season is necessary to the external of the property. I know one of our rental properties has a lot of um, overhanging trees that um, causes the gutters to fill. It's something else that needs to be checked outside, Scott. Yeah. So if we work our way down, obviously from the trees to the roof of the house, um, it's a good idea depending on what type of roof you have. Now, generally, uh, tin roofs, so you've got your um, your iron roof, um, probably less of an area that can get caused with um, with storms, with hail and things like that. Tiled roofs tend to, uh, you can get broken tiles, cracked tiles. If people walk on the roof, they can crack the tiles. So they're things you need to make sure. Make sure everything's sealed up, replace any tiles. It's very simple to do. Um, the pointing on the top of the tiles that's the area of the concrete around the, the, the top and the hips that they actually concrete that capping on. Just make sure that's all nice and stable and there's no broken areas or cracks. Again, there's there's guys out there that do that sort of work. It's not an expensive, uh, expensive thing at all. And to get um, a roofer around to have a look at the roof and check it. Um, your iron roofs, as I say, generally they dent them. Um, they don't tend to break them so much so there that's an area at the top that to be aware of also the gutters so as melinda mentioned with the trees you want to make sure that your gutters are clear um a good idea is gutter guard uh, you can get gutter guard installed under under the gutter to stop all the leaves building up inside there they'll just blow off the top and obviously the water then <clears throat> rolls into the gutters Scott, is it true that, you know, in heavy winds, and I know a lot of the older properties, you know, the roofs do sort of tend to rust if they are the old iron roofs. And, you know, there's many instances where I've seen roofs have, those iron um, roofs have lifted in heavy winds. Is there something that owners can do to ensure that they are, you know, well secured? Yeah, look, a lot of, when you buy the properties, a lot of the older properties um, were not built for, for the current building standards. So less tie down on them. You can get people to come in and actually install extra tie down on them. It's worth doing that when you do your initial inspection, just to see the age of the house. As I say, the older properties have less tie down and have not been built, obviously, in the different standards to what we have now. So definitely want to do a check on that and see if it needs extra work to be um, to be bring it up to standard. I think the other thing is that you know when the gutters fill with leaves. I mean, not only does it present as an issue so that the storm water can't get away in storm season, but you know, sitting water in, in rotting leaves can also negatively impact that gutter over the longer term. Is that right as well, Scott? Yeah, so water in the gutters, that'll actually, eventually that will rust out 
Um, so all these things that we're talking about today, whether it's from a simple thing like some water and leaves in gutter to a branch in a tree like we talked about earlier, it's a little bit of money to spend up front, but it can save you a lot of money down the track. If you need to come and replace all your gutter, if you need to fix a roof that a tree's fallen on or a branch has fallen through, it's going to cost you more money and more headaches down the track and more inconvenience than what it is to actually spend a little bit of money now up front and make sure it's ready and prepared for the storm season. Yeah, I think a, a telltale sign is in those um, heavier storms. If you are seeing that your gutters are overflowing, um, it's one way then to you know ensure that potentially get someone out to have a look on on the roof to see if those gutters need cleaning out. Um, it is a job that um, often requires some edge protection if you are um, up and elevated. So just be aware there's professional contractors that do come out and do this as a job. I'm not encouraging people to get on the roofs of their two-storey homes because there's a big risk in in falling and um, I don't want to be um, liable for those sorts of, uh, that, that advice, that's not what this is about. So make sure that you are checking your roof and if it is an elevated location and there is a full risk, make sure you're using licensed contractors to come and do that job for you. Yeah, just another a little one on the gutters. If you have a look at a, a, a standard type of gutter, you'll see that generally at the front of them there's some small slots, so small holes that are in there. What's, what it is is the, the height of those slots is actually lower than the back of the gutter so it's designed so that if water builds up, it'll actually flood out those. Um, just make sure that when people do pergolas and things like that, they don't actually block them off. I've seen it before where they put a flashing over them or they fill them with silicon. What that'll do is it'll encourage the water to go the opposite direction, which is back towards the house. Generally then, again, different types of um, buildings, a few modern buildings these days, don't have, don't have the safete lining. So the, uh, the overhang off the building to the outside of the gutter if you don't have that, then the water's only going to go into that area. If there's a safete there, it can go into the safete and obviously drip out. They're generally made out of fibro. Uh, doesn't cause as much damage, but you definitely don't want it going back in towards your house because it will just you'll just get mould and you'll get water damage inside the property. So, yeah, definitely want to clean those gutters out and make sure they're doing their job. I think that, you know, you've really highlighted something there that um, I take for granted. Uh, being married to a builder, I don't even have to think about these sorts of things. But even, you know, when we're working with clients ourselves, you know, our clients don't need to worry about these things. But workmanship for the building itself does matter when it comes to times like uh, now when we do have these heavy storms, even the way gutters are attached to the roof. Um, as Scott said, if there's been any additions, additional silicon that's been added that causes water to flow in the direction that it's not meant to go, it can all cause future damage to your property and that can increase your costs as a property owner. So it's really important to, to understand and get that um, get all of that looked at up front before you buy so that you're not actually buying yourself a maintenance headache. So the gutters are then connected to the downpipes. Uh, downpipes then obviously run out to your stormwater line generally. Um, and a good way to make sure they're not filled because sometimes the leaves and the uh, and the, and the dirt from all the leaves and the soot can actually get into the downpipe and block them up. Um, you don't want your downpipes blocked. Obviously, it just pushes back up, overflows out of your, out of your gutter, and you've, you've got a lot more water rolling around on the ground where it shouldn't be. So make sure the downpipes are cleared. Very hard to, to probably see that. Put your hand in there because you can't get down very far. But an, an easy way to test it is simply get a garden hose. Get a hose, throw it up on the – shoot it up towards the roof – and then get someone to have a look to see if it's the water's actually running out of the stormwater line. And it should come out fairly quick after you put it up there. If you get a good flow, you know that it's doing its job. 
if not, obviously get someone in to uh, clean those downpipes out. And I think, um, you know, I know many properties that we've looked at for clients where the stormwater drain has not connected to, or sorry, the downpipe is not connected to a stormwater drain. So um, a lot of the older properties, the downpipes are just connected to the grass. Scott, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so a lot of the older Queenslanders, what they used to do is is literally run the downpipe down and then just shoot it onto the ground. Um, it, it's fairly common in a lot of the older places, but a good idea there, and again, this is something that you want to invest in, is, is trying to get that uh, downpipe connected out to the stormwater line. If it's not, you want to make sure that it, at least it diverts away from the building so that you put an angle on it and you glue an angle on the bottom so that it actually diverts the water away from the building. You don't want water ponding around the outside of your building. So you want it at least directed away and try and get it uh, falling away from the property itself. Yeah, I think the other issue with ponding, especially at this time of year, yeah, we get the heavy storms and they come through and it clears up and then the sun comes back out and the humidity is out of control. But what happens is that um, still water sitting in yards can create mosquito heaven. So we don't want that to happen in our homes or in our investment properties. Scott, what can we do to the property in, in terms of the fall of the land just to make sure that we don't get that ponding you know, at the bottom of those downpipes that might not be connected to stormwater or any ponding in other areas of the um, around the property. Yeah, so a good a good tip, and I've always always been on this uh, mindset, and I always will be from a building side of it, is you don't want moisture around the outside of the building. Um, from a structural side of things, you, it, it can undermine all the foundations. So you definitely don't want uh, a tip for everyone: don't put a garden up against a house. Um, I hate it. Um, you want you want it concrete against the house or a path with rubble try and put even if it's just some dirt and have it actually sloping away from the house so the water will run away from the house everyone likes to top dress their lawn occasionally so um, just put a little bit of extra dirt around the outside of the house just be aware if it's a brick house you don't um, cover the weep holes which are the the holes right down the bottom of the brickwork so you want to make sure that they're cleared so that moisture can get out and you don't uh, encourage moisture or termites up into the property so yeah, definitely soil running away, just a little bit of dirt to fill those holes, make sure the water's running away and you've got good fall away from the property. Yeah, I think the other thing is that um, termites are very active up here in Queensland and certainly a lot of Brisbane properties have been impacted at some stage with some termite damage. I assume that those dark, moist places where moisture can you know build up around the house can provide an entry point. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, so termites are known for... Um, liking they like the dark and they like the moisture um, they don't like light they're, they're quite smart they'll hide and they'll get away from uh, from all the light and um, and anything dry actually so any moisture or dark areas is what they like so again make sure even if it's under a house sometimes we've got the elevated queenslanders try and make sure the ground slopes so that you don't actually have moisture ponding there a couple of things it'll do obviously encourage the um, the termite side of things, mosquitoes, and it's not good for the foundations of the property either. So we've pretty much covered the um, the roof, you know, where the water goes when it falls off the roof into the, the downpipes, either into the stormwater drains or across the land. What else do we need to consider, Scott, when we're looking at storm season and ensuring our houses are, are ready? So a good idea um, also, as we're talking about with probably part of the downpipes go through, um, is some drains. If you've got any drains, just the you can buy those um, slotted drains from Bunnings and that type of thing, just the black uh, plastic ones. If you've got water that runs over an area, you can actually just put them in, connect them to the stormwater and try and divert that water away from the property. 
the other thing is your fences. Um, we didn't mention about the fences earlier. So have a walk around the property, check the fences, just see what they're like. Timber fences are known for post rotting out and just give the, the fence a little wobble. If it, if, it, if it shakes and wobbles around a bit, you probably need to check it. You might need to re-concrete it or replace a couple of posts. Heavy winds can actually blow fences over. Uh, and also maybe just to throw a couple of nails or screws into the palings just to make sure they're secured because you don't want any palings flying around. Uh, they can be quite a missile and, and quite dangerous as well for everyone. Yeah, it's amazing how forceful and we've all experienced bad storms and no one really um, likes that when they when they happen with such ferocity. But it's just really important that you um, minimise the, the opportunity for things to become projectiles. And, you know, obviously there's an onus on owner-occupiers and tenants to keep their own possessions secured. But, you know, as the property owner, it's also important that the property and the fence line is secure and nothing that um, is loose can, be, can become a projectile in that space either. Yeah, so the other thing, um, probably just things like windows and doors, just to make sure that everything's sealed up properly, depending on, again, depends on the, the age of the house, um, whether you've got the aluminium windows, you'll generally find the modern ones don't probably leak as much or um, they have more sealant on them. Sometimes you've got your timber casement windows and, and a lot of the, as I say, the Queenslanders, we talk about them a lot, uh, very common house in the inner city area of Brisbane. Um, so you just want to make sure that those windows are freed up, they're, they're actually working correctly, then there's no holes, there's no areas where the wind can blow and the um, and the rain can come in as well. What about cracked glass in some of those casement windows? I know at a lot of properties we inspect, we do see some cracking in the glass is that um, higher risk for those high winds as well? Yeah, definitely. It can not only can the uh, rain leak in those areas, but they can actually blow and and get more damage as well. So if they do shatter, um, very dangerous. Quite a simple thing just to get a a, a window guy out, a, a tradie to come and replace them. They just re remove the um, the putty from around the outside, put the glass in, reputty them up. You put a bit of paint on them, and they'll um they'll be a lot safer and uh, and they'll work really well. And you also don't have the rattle that when I was talking about the doors and the windows, you know, if you've got kids and people staying in your property, the last thing you want to hear in a uh, in a windy storm is a, is a lot of noise. It's a bit unsettling when you hear that the rattle of windows and doors. Um, kids can get a bit scared from that sort of things as well. I think also just uh, touching back on the the glass that you know any damaged glass. I know a lot of the older properties when they were built with those casement windows. That's where they have the glass paneling in between the timber frames. That glass is not safety glass, which is typically what would be used now in windows. So when it does break and when it does shatter, it can be very dangerous and it cuts. So it's definitely something to be aware of, especially if you are a landlord and you've got tenants in place because, you know, that can potentially cause not only damage to the property, but it can be a risk for the people. Imagine being in bed and having a window blow in on you and then getting some cut from that glass. That wouldn't be a pleasant situation for the tenant or for the landlord. Yeah, no, it's a definitely a safety issue. You want to make sure that uh, everything's up to standard so you've, you've got a happy tenant or you've got a happy life yourself if it's your, if it's your property. So um, just one other one which we didn't touch on earlier, and, and this some properties this will, this will apply to, um, just a little tip on swimming pools. Um, we've actually got a pool ourselves. Are quite common with the warmer weather. Everyone likes to have a uh, a pool in the backyard. Just one little thing to be aware of is just make sure you keep an eye on the the level of the water. As the water gets higher in the pool, and we get some really heavy downpours up here where we can get 100 mil of rain in an hour, 
your, your, your pool will probably overflow. So you need to backwash it. Uh, make sure you backwash it out, get the water level down a bit, and then uh, you won't have that pool overflowing. If it comes up and overflows, there's potential it can pick up dirt, bark, and everything from the garden, goes into your pool. It's going to cost you money then on your chemicals and um, the upkeep of your pool. Yeah, what's that? Um, they call it, is it a flock, a full flock when they have we have to settle all of the settlement uh, yeah. sediment of that comes into the pool? And we have a rental property where this had uh, used to happen before we spent some money to ensure that um, we put the appropriate drainage around the pool. But, you know, it's quite an expensive exercise from memory. It was about $800 every time we had to do a full flock. And that happens when the, the water from the storm runs through the garden and just fills your pool with dirt and debris. And then you actually just have to get that all settled to the bottom is that what yeah is? so it's 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 not a pleasant thing obviously the pool goes brown and uh you have to turn all your filtration off put the flocking agent in everything settles down and you vacuum it all out um and then you basically you start from the beginning again to um balance that the chemicals up in the pool that that's another thing not only with the um the backwashing but you want to make sure if you've got a pool service guy or you do it yourself just check the um the levels of the chlorine and everything in the pool because when you get that natural rainwater coming down into your pool it will change the balance of all of the um, the chemicals so make sure after you get the rain you get the pool checked and you might need to add some chlorine and uh, and salt and whatnot for your pool to make sure it's up to speed. Yeah I think that um, probably one of the most important things that any property owner needs to consider coming into storm season is just just go back and have a look at your insurance and um, read the policy and understand what you are covered for and what you are not covered for. And make sure that you are covered for the full replacement value of your home. You know, if a tree you know, damages part of the home, it becomes uninhabitable. There's there's going to be significant costs to you in relocating. Make sure that your insurance covers all of that sort of uh, thing. The risk is low, yes, but insurance is there to mitigate risk. So make sure that you've got appropriate cover and that you are covered for significant weather events. I know a lot of insurance policies will exclude flood cover. So please make sure that you're checking the fine print to understand whether you're covered from overland flow, storm events, um, rising flood water, because there's a lot of different definitions within different policies that you need to unpack and be aware of. Yeah, so the other thing I, we didn't mention was um, just obviously if it's an investment property, I, I guess if it's, I suppose if it's your property as well, um, just make sure there's probably somewhere if you can where you can put a car under cover. Um, there's nothing worse than if, if you've got a, a storm come over and you're in your house, everything's okay, but you, your car's getting hit by hail. Um, so whether it's a, a carport or you can get it under the house uh, or even just if you can get a, a, a sale installed, uh, installed, sorry, uh, make sure it's done correctly. Make sure someone does it properly. You don't want sales blowing around and blowing down the neighbourhood. But it could be a good tip just so that people can put their cars undercover as well. Yeah, and look, tenants would um, always appreciate undercover parking, especially coming into storm season. Um, they may pay slightly more for your property if you can provide undercover safe parking um, compared to other properties that might be available at the same time. So that's a great tip. Um, so I think I've, we've sort of covered the house. We've gone from the top to the bottom and around the outside. Um, just make sure you clear your drains. Just as I say, that little bit of maintenance and that preparation for storm season so that everyone stays safe, doesn't cost you money, um, unnecessary money. It's, it's still an investment, so you want to just take care of it. Check the drains are cleared. Make sure everything's working as it's supposed to work and make sure it's all nice and safe. 
um, and hopefully we can um, avoid a lot of damage um, and a lot of flooding around the area. So, uh, oh, look, it's been a bit of a quick one today, just some tips on the uh, storm season, and uh, I'll let Melinda wrap it up. So from me, thanks very much, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thanks very much for joining us again today. Let's hope that this La Nina event that's coming through the east coast of Australia is not as bad as it was back in 2011. No one in Brisbane wants to see a repeat of what we experienced back then. But look, I hope this has been useful, certainly in um, preparing your property uh, ready for the storm season and the the wetter than usual rain or weather event that we're expecting here in Brisbane in the coming months. I'm Melinda Jennison. Thank you so much for joining us again today. As always, don't forget to leave us a review five stars if possible um, on iTunes and tell your friends and family about our podcast. Um, We've got a five-star rating at the moment, which we're thrilled about. And we are loving the feedback from all of you who are emailing us with some fantastic reviews. So we we really appreciate that. Um, We will continue to bring you weekly podcasts and um, we've got some great episodes planned in the future. So we look forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and, of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.